Welcome to the Five Star Life Show, your home for content related to education, parenting, and changing wrong mindsets so you can live a five-star life. I'm your host, Coach Seth. Let's do this. Welcome back to the Five Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I'm joined in studio with my amazing co-host, Coach Mia. Thank you, and Coach and, Bray. And we've got Coach Bray. Uh, Producer Brandon has got a camera. He's <laughs> he's photographer Brandon today, for those of you who listen consistently. Uh, but Coach Bray, the Director of Basketball Operations for Five Star Basketball, is joining this program because we have a special guest. Um, before I introduce this guest, I'm going to see if some of you out there who are sports fans can guess who this is, and I'm just going to lob it up to you. It's going to be really easy, but I'll start with this. So today's special guest was a part of our Five Star Life basketball program from its inception in 2018 during his seventh and eighth grade years. He went on to Penn High School where he started as a freshman. Over the course of his four years, he broke just about every record in Penn basketball history, including scoring, of course. This past school season, he averaged 30 Point two points, 5.5 rebounds, 4.6 assists, and 3.3 steals per game. If you're not a basketball player, you don't understand what that is, but that's, that's crazy numbers. Uh, he scored 2,273 points in his high school career, broke the St. Joe County scoring record, and recently earned the prestigious Mr. Basketball Award in Indiana that's voted on by coaches, so it's a legit award. And uh, he's recently committed to the great University of Notre Dame to continue his academic and basketball career. His name is Marcus Burton Jr. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. So, you know, the the funny thing was I remember just over the last, whatever, probably eight months, it's been fun kind of from a distance watching this journey for you. And all, everybody in the area I, I would talk to would say, man, he better get Mr. Basketball. He better get Mr. Basketball. And I remember thinking, man, I hope he gets it. But there's so many politics involved sometimes in these awards. So when the voting came out, I have the voting in front of me. So you got 171 votes. Xavier Booker, who's committed to Michigan State, had 20 votes. Wow. And I think the next two guys, third and fourth, had like six votes each. So I, I just am so happy for you and so proud of you because I've watched – um, and we've got, um, by the way, Marcus's boy, Daryl, best friend, childhood friend here in studio uh, is with, with us as well. Uh, he's got a front row seat too, to, to kind of watching your journey. And what I, what stands out the most is everywhere you've gone and every gym I've watched you play in, everybody is like, this kid can play. They've, every, I mean, from whatever, third, fourth, fifth grade, whatever, this kid can play. But then it always came with a, but he's too small or, but there's this or, but there's that. So, uh, I'm really proud of you, but I'm, I'm just curious. <clears throat> did you ever imagine you'd be in this position? No, nah, I didn't. Growing up, I just, I did not think I would be one of the best basketball players in Indiana. I didn't think I would be playing division one basketball, but I mean, I kept my head on straight. I did what I was supposed to do in the classroom and on the court. So, I mean, and 
it all, it all happened really well, and God, God had a great plan for me, so I'm happy for that. So I always tell kids, you know, in Five Star, I teach kids the power of using your imagination to, to visualize, like, man, where do you want to go? Who do you want to be? Because that, that vision is compelling, and it will motivate you to grind and, 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 and show up and do some work. So, so you didn't necessarily have a vision to be Mr. Basketball, but you had a dream yeah. of doing something. What was it? My dream of something was to play at a high level, high level Division One basketball or an NBA or some high level or any sport. But I mean, when it when it all happened, it was, it kind of hit me extremely fast, and I was like, I was scared because I didn't know how to react to it. But I mean, when it all started happening. And I kind of realized that I was I was becoming something great. And when it happened, it was just, it just felt good. Yeah, I think the 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 fun part for me is you always hear about the, these people that are like they're called an overnight success. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people are like, "Who is Marcus Burton Jr.? Who is this? Who is this kid?" Right. Um, but the the reality is, you didn't become an overnight success. People just finally were exposed. Yeah to all the hard work you've put in since you're little. Yeah. Right? So all of a sudden, you're doing the same things mm -hmm. that you've always done, but now you're getting the accolades. Yeah. Is, what is that like? <clears throat> I mean, it's hard, but I mean, some, now I'm used to it because, like, I mean, I worked my butt off for a long time to get where I'm at right now, and a lot of people knew, but a lot of people didn't know because I'm from South Bend, Indiana, or a small town in Indiana. So, I mean, no one really pays attention to it. But once I got older and got in high school and started playing against great talent and going down to India and playing against good people like that, didn't it really start to show that I was one of the top players for basketball? Yeah, I, I had coaches um, talk to me uh, about you and say, man, he's so good, but he's just he's just too – I mean, this is like in the last 18 months, last last year. Yeah. But he's just too small. He just doesn't have a D1 body, doesn't have this, doesn't have that. And I just said I, – I would tell him, like, listen – I watched this guy in the Adidas Gauntlet. I watched him at these tournaments, playing against Power Five guys, guys that are getting crazy love from what whatever basketball gods are out there. They're getting the love, and he's always the best player. How do you explain that? <laughs> explain that. Yeah. And and so it's it's fun to watch you show up and and do your thing. Um, just just curious. So you know Kobe Bryant, uh, Kyrie, Michael Jordan all talk about visualizing what you want. You didn't necessarily visualize. You're surprised by your success, but it it was always in there, right? Yeah. You desired to be where you want to be right now. Uh -huh. When Do you remember how old you were when you started dreaming about playing at the highest level? When I first started dreaming of playing at the highest level, I was probably fifth, sixth grade. So fifth, sixth grade, yeah. what what did that look like? Give, give us a little snapshot of <clears throat> what little Marcus Burton Jr. was in the playground visualizing. Uh, I remember me, I specifically, I remember fifth grade year, I used to go outside to my court. I used to just count down from five, four, three, two, one, and me hitting a game-winning shot playing for University of Duke. And I, was, I just remember that. And Duke was always one of my favorite colleges to go to. And it was just special and now that I'm going to be playing against Duke and ACC is real special to me too. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm just curious. Did you have any haters 
any people that were like dream killers that just like, not that you probably listen to them a lot, but were, were there some voices of like, yeah, you're really good, but you probably need to tamp it down a little bit. Like, yeah, you're good, but you need to tamp, like maybe division two yeah. or, or, you know, small division one. Did you have people in your life talking to you about those things or not? Yeah, I had a lot, I had a lot of people like that knowing cause I was extremely small growing up. So, I mean, a lot of people didn't, couldn't see me playing at a high level. And I mean, I I just listened to it, but I didn't really take it to heart because I was I was a kid at the time, so it didn't really pay me no mind. But like once I got older, got a little taller, got in high school, start plants planning out to be one of the best basketball players. Then I kind of just blocked all of it out and just focused on what I need to do. Go ahead. I was just gonna ask, where did you learn to block it out? I used to always tell my girls to be like a seal and let it like you know roll off their back, but that's hard. <laughs> yeah, I learned. Block it out probably sophomore summer going into junior year. I mean, I was, it was it was hard for me because I had I had a lot of people telling me that I wasn't I wasn't as good, I wasn't gonna make it stuff like that. But I mean, once I knew like it was just people it people saying stuff to me, it didn't it shouldn't bother me. It sh- I should just focus what I have to do, get get what I have to get done, because those are, those are people that have their own opinion, not not me. So I mean, it was. After a while, it got pretty easy to me, and I I just didn't pay no mind. You just stayed focused. Yeah. Good for you. Uh, uh, you know, that same time you're talking about, I remember going to Omaha and yeah. watching you on the, the Adidas 3SSB, and you were playing against Compton Magic, I think it was. Yeah, it was. And, I mean, this, this is a very good basketball team. <laughs> These guys yeah. are all, they're tall, they're athletic, they're they're good. And Marcus is just taking it to him, just taking it to him. And I remember people afterwards, like that, who weren't there, like, yeah, but he's too small. I'm like, you got to see him. Like, it doesn't matter. This guy's got heart. So the fact that you were able to block that out, and and you always carried yourself with the humility. Yeah. And you do this to this day. I, I think your your dad also uh, carries himself with the humility. I'm not that sure if that's a trait you got from him or if that's just something you picked up. But it's it's an awesome trait that you have. I think that has to make once you get the accolades even better because you know you're you're grounded in knowing who you are not necessarily in who values you as a basketball player yeah that's got to help all right we're going to take a quick commercial break and come back with more Marcus Burton Jr after this did you know that you can bring the values lessons and mindsets coach Seth discusses on the five star life podcast to your local community schools are searching for programs and content that work Just a simple introduction to your teacher or principal could be a game changer in your community. Inquire at fivestarlife.org and someone from our team will be in touch. Welcome back to the Five Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I'm joined in studio with Coach Mia. And of course, we got producer and uh, our director of basketball operations, Coach Bray, running the board today. Thanks for having me. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And we have uh, Marcus Burton Jr., uh, Indiana Mr. Basketball in the house. Marcus, welcome back. Welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, Bray, I want you to be thinking, like, as the director of basketball operations, what questions do you have for Marcus? Um, we'll probably chop up some of these clips and replay them back for you know some of our, our kids who are, who are hoping to be in his shoes someday. So anything sure. you can think of to ask, I'm going to put that out there. Okay. Um, but, Marcus, you know, people love stories. I love stories. Um, not just basketball stories, but just stories about life. Tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up with Daryl and just gr- coming up as a kid, 
uh, through grade school and middle school. What was life like for Marcus Burton Jr.? Uh, growing up, I was I was just a regular kid. I mean, I, I remember going to elementary school, just having fun. I was I was I was chubby too. I was a little fat kid, just playing around, playground, having fun, playing a video game mostly every day after school, hanging out with Daryl, going outside and playing, playing tag stuff like that. I didn't, and it it was fun. And I didn't really have a vision of playing basketball until I got older. But I mean, when I was I was little, I just just enjoyed just going outside, enjoying the weather, playing football, playing tag, playing basketball, playing kickball, stuff like that. And I mean, those times were like a good times to remember, and it was, it was just good times. Great memories, just being mm -hmm. outside playing. Yeah, you were always playing. So, so uh, Marcus, you you talked about being a little chubby. Mm. So you had a nickname. Yeah, I right. Did. Uh huh. So is that nickname you, you still have, or is that you, you leave that one behind? Nah, yeah, I, I still have it. People still call me to this day. Okay, so it's Fat Fat. Yeah, it's Fat Fat. So I think, you know, that that nickname, uh, I, I loved it, and then I started to cross over to calling you Marcus because everybody calls you Marcus now, but, I, like, I always knew you just Fat Fat. Yeah. But I didn't know it was because you're chubby. I had no clue. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, talk a little bit. So, so coming up um, – Who'd you live with? Uh, who shaped your life? Who were some of the influences <coughs> in your life? Uh, I, I lived with my mom my whole life. My, my mom and dad, they were together at one point in time, but now they're not. But now I just live with my mom, and my mom really tells me how, how to be a gentleman, how to be polite to people, how to talk to people. And my dad, has a, he, wrote, he plays a big part of that, too. He tells me how to talk, how to represent myself well in front of people, how to act. And then I just thank them for that because without them, I don't, I don't think I'll be able, I don't think I'll be here talking on a podcast right now, without them helping me. Why do you say that? Uh, because I know growing up, my dad always told me that I would have to talk in front of cameras. So I mean, I used to practice when I was at home. He used to record me and then he asked me questions and I just answer them and he, he'd tell me, oh, nah, you gotta redo it, stuff like that. And I mean, he got, it, it was, it was helpful for me and I thank him for that. So that your dad so cool. was part of your dream too, though. Yeah, yeah. He was. that's awesome. So, how did you um, avoid? There's a lot of, unfortunately, there's so many uh, great athletes, you know, through high school that they become really talented and they get pulled into all kinds of negative extracurricular activities, right? Yeah. Um, how did you avoid that pull? Uh, I think. I think I avoided it pretty well. I I mean, basketball is fun to me, and without basketball, I, th I think I would probably just be at home most of the time, just watching Netflix or doing something else. But I mean, I don't I don't really care about all the other stuff. I mean, I hang out with my friends and play basketball. Those are the only two things that I really care to do, and I don't really like going to parties stuff like that. I don't really mind it. I don't. I mean, I do it, but I mean, I don't really care about it. I'd rather be, be somewhere playing basketball all night or be at my friend's house playing about, playing video games, making jokes, cracking jokes, watching a movie or something like that. So you value things that involve moving you towards your future? Yeah. What you want, mm. basketball, college, and true friendship. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a, a tight kind of a knit group of people that you connect with? Yeah. Yeah. See, this is, this is why I wanted you to come on the show. Because there's so many kids in life that get pulled into so many negative things because they're insecure and they think they have to have a ton of friends and whatever. 
And it's like, <clears> man, <throat> if you have one or two good friends, <laughs> that is all you, like real friends, right? That's all you need. Um, so talk about this. <clears throat> I remember, um, you know, through middle school, every weekend I saw you uh, and you were hooping at tournaments, but you're with, you're with the Garwoods yeah. and Coach Joe Garwood. Yeah. Talk a little bit about some of the influence that he had and just kind of the supportive role that he played in your life. Uh, I, me, I met Coach Garwood, I think, first first grade. We, Me and Joey played. First grade, no kidding. Yeah, me and Joey played River City together, and we just, I've like after that year, we just kind of just like played with each other all our lives. And Coach Garwood was like, he was there for me all the time. And he used to take me to tournaments. He used to let me sleep at his house. And me and Joey became, like, best friends, like, real close. And we're still close to this day. But, I mean, Coach Garwood had a real big part of my life. He taught me how to be be good, do the right stuff. He also took me to the gym when my dad wasn't there to take me. And I just thank him for that, too. But, I mean, me and Joey, we go we go a long way. We're going a long way. And, I mean, we've been playing with each other for a long time. We played AU all the way up until – Probably my freshman year. After that, we kind of like went apart to play with different teams because I got I got better options to play with better teams. So I mean, it, that happened. But I mean, without those two, it, I don't know where I'd be right now. It's mm. cool. The, um, the 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 Garwoods are huge believers. Joe Garwood, that's where I first heard your name. Yeah, because his son Joey, you know, he's like a good ball player. You know, yeah, as yeah. little kids, Jordan and Joey would be around. Joey was bigger then, you know. Yeah. And uh, I was like, man, he's so good. He's like, oh, he's nothing. You should see this fat, fat kid. You should see Marcus. Yeah. He's a player. So it's so cool to see <clears throat> how your game improved and see how Joey's game improved just yeah. from you guys being around each other. But everybody has um, a, a team of people that, you know, th- they just believe in you. They're, yeah. they're, the, they're the ones that are the early ones to believe in you. Mm-hmm. And he was that. And every time I'd be talking about your game or whatever, um, there's different players that in the area were like, I was like, oh, Joe, see this guy? He's so good. He's like Marcus. Like, he's not like Marcus. <laughs> and that's why he was always yeah. comparing everybody to you. And he, that guy, he he's the one person in Michiana that is not surprised with, yeah, with what, what you've accomplished. He is not surprised at all. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty powerful that people that believe in you. Yeah, how, what did you recognize how much he believed in you, or could you tell, or not really? Did he hide that from you? Maybe he was just telling me all this stuff. Nah, nah, I knew Coach Joe. He believed in me a lot. It was it was it's honestly crazy now that I think about it, but he he was like probably one of the only persons that really believed that I could play at a high level. Like he used to tell coaches down in Indy that I was like I was the top dog, and nobody really believed him until I got on. The platform to play against top people, then they look back and turned that Coach Joe was like, "Yeah, this kid can play," and I mean, Coach Joe, he he was a real believer in my game, and I just can't thank him so much for that. Very cool, uh, Marcus. Um, <clears throat> talk a little bit um, a- a- about your work ethic. <clears throat> you are a consistent trainer. You're always in the gym, and uh, where did you get that from? And is there a, is there a method to the madness or is it just pure drive? You just love the game. Uh, honestly, it, it kind of came out of nowhere. Honestly, I remember, uh, probably fifth, sixth grade. I used to go, go work out with my dad. He used to be in the men's league 
And I remember him just playing, playing with older guys. And I used to go shoot on the side court, and I used to tell myself, I want to play with these guys one day. And every day before he went, I used to, like, beg him, for, beg him so I can go with him. And he used to take me. I remember one day he left me on accident, and I was crying at home because I wanted to go to the gym and see, see them play. And when I got older, I was able to drive myself to the gym. Now I'm just in the gym 24-7 all day through the week, after school, at night. And some days my mom, she has to come up to the gym and be like, you got to come home, it's late. Or my dad be like, yo, your mom, she's worried, you got to go home. But I mean, it's 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 real crazy because, like, if I didn't have a gym, I, don't, I probably don't know where I'd be right now. I mean, I go outside and shoot, but other than that, I, I love being in the gym. That's powerful right there. Bray, that's a clip for kids to listen to right there. There's so many kids that they want to sit where you're sitting, but they don't want to do what you do. Yeah. <laughs> right? And you can't, it's hard to package the love for the game. All right, we got to take another break and come back with more Marcus Burton after this. Five Star Life is a not-for-profit organization dedicated to changing the face of culture by changing kids' mindsets. Since 2005, we've impacted hundreds of thousands of lives thanks to the generous support of individuals, small businesses, corporations, and foundations. Are you interested in helping Five Star Life grow into all 50 states? With your donation or introduction, you can help bring Five Star Life to your community, school, and state. Go to fivestarlife.org and send us an email today. That's F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R-L-I-F-E dot O-R-G. Welcome back to the Five Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I'm joined in studio with my incredible co-host, Coach Mia. Thank you, Seth. We've got producer and director of basketball operations, <coughs> Coach Bray back here. Say hello, Bray. Hello. Awesome. And we've got our special guest, Marcus Burton Jr., um, incredible basketball player, incredible young man, going to do incredible things. Welcome back. Thanks, Uh Marcus, we didn't talk about this. Have you, have you declared a major? You know what you want to study at the University uh, of Notre Dame? No, nah, not yet. I'm still still undecided right now. But, I mean, once I get there, I'll probably figure out what I'm going to do. But I talked to, talk to a lot of people at ND. They told me to just stay patient because when I go in the summer, it's just summer school, so I don't really have to worry about it. But once school starts, then I can find some – that I'm interested in doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so talk a little bit about this. You know, you landed at a Power Five school. You're playing major Division One basketball. You got a full ride. By the way, great selection. University of Notre Dame. Like it's the best education you can get. Yeah. The network is unbelievable. Like great decision. Um, you're gonna have a lot of success. Um, you're gonna do great things as a leader, as a person, because you're a person of character. I've watched that. Um, talk, talk a little bit um, about how, like maybe to kids that are going to listen to this, how did you balance academics, uh, basketball, training, everything you're trying to do and, and still be a student that can go to Notre Dame? Uh, I probably would tell them uh, just don't get overwhelmed with a lot of things. Cause a lot is when you think about it too much, then that's when you start to worry about it. And I learned that the hard way. But I mean, once I got older, I kind of realized that if I take care of the stuff that I need to take care of first, then I can do the stuff that I want last and have fun with it. And I, when I got in high school, I started to learn that a lot too. Cause I mean, my freshman year, I was kind of like doing the stuff that I wanted to do first and having academics come second. 
and that kind of kind of got me a little bit. Once I got got what I needed to do, then it helped me out a lot. So, you know, after school's over, you're going straight to what you need to do first. Yeah. Then you go to the gym after. Yeah. It's so simple, but so powerful, right? Yeah, it is. And then you still have time to do so many other things, right? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, I'd love to um, ask more about, you know, we talked about, you know, your work ethic and those types of things and how that's gotten you to where you are. And we talk to our guys all the time. First of all, people don't understand how hard it is to play college basketball, much less at the Power 5 level at a place like Notre Dame. You know, we're we're trying to get players and uh, young players to realize, especially, you know, talking about academics, like you have to get out to a great start as a freshman, uh, you know, those types of things. But we, we ask our players or talk to our players all the time about, hey, are the habits you have today on par with the dreams you have for tomorrow, right? And I think your when we talk about you and your work ethic and, and you know, outside of even just basketball, we're talking academics or, or being a great friend, all those types of things. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear more about just your, like, what gave you, what, what helped you realize that? And, like, what was the fuel behind it all? Like, obviously, being a great basketball player is being a great <coughs> basketball player. But, like, when you're in the gym, like, what, like, when did you know, like, this is what I want to do, you know? Uh, when I realized this is what I wanted to do was I remember watching YouTube. I remember seeing LeBron's son. All, he was playing. He had all the cameras on him. And he was probably about sixth grade. And I was like, I was telling myself, this is how I want to be. And I used to go to the gym and work extremely hard with my dad, just doing all the stuff that I needed to do to become a better basketball player. And once I got in high school and got older, the cameras started to be on me a lot more. And then it was just like the rest was history, honestly. And you played against him, right, in AAU at one point? Yeah, I did play against him. Uh, I played against him in, I think it, it might have been fifth, fifth, sixth grade year. We we lost both games, but, I mean, they had the better team. But, I mean, it was it was just so fun playing against him. And he had a lot of people there. It was cameras recording those. It was just a great time. LeBron was also at one of the games, too, so, I mean – it was just a fun time. Can't beat that. You're playing in front of the greatest of all time. <coughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's, that's another podcast. <laughs> We're not going to fight about that, Bryce. We're not going to fight about that. Marcus, Marcus is with me, I think. <laughs> Do you have a thought on that? Uh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, your dad trained you well. <laughs> So, so, um, Bray, do you have anything else? Yeah, I'd love to hear more about just your your travel basketball experience. As we're, you know, we're trying to build a program here. We've we, we've built a program, but we're trying to continue to take it to the next level. And ultimately, our goal is to keep players like you in our area and yeah. compete at the highest level. And we want to make sure we, you know, we are offering the opportunities for, you know, players that need to be seen at the absolute highest level. Guys yeah. like you, guys like Blake Wesley, those types of guys that have gone through our area. Um, but I'd love to hear more just about what was that journey like for you? What was your, you know, part when I grew up and played, some, my favorite memories were in the summer with, with our, with whether it was with my travel team or whether it was with my school team in June. Um, so I'd just love to hear more about your, your journey there and like your, your highs and your, maybe your lows of, of what that process was like. Uh, I'm start with the lows first. Uh, my lows AAU, I mean, coming from South Bend, you didn't have a lot of great AAU teams. And I used to play with this team called Skylar Diggins. And I wouldn't say we were bad, but we didn't have the sponsorship that we needed. But our team was extremely good. So we would go to, the, like, the big tournaments. We would compete, but we wouldn't win. But, I mean, it was still fun knowing that 
we were a team from South Bend and we could go to the big, big states and compete with the great teams. And once I got older, I started to play with Five Star. We went, ended up going to Nationals. We came in fifth place. That was one of the highlights of my summer, too. Then when I got older, I started to play with Indiana Elite in Indianapolis. And that's when I started to play with playing the Adidas Gauntlet, stuff like that, playing against great talent, Division One players, going to Nationals again, coming in fourth, third place, playing against other other Division One players and stuff like that. And once I left that and I got in high school, I started playing with Mac Irvin, Indy Heat. I played with Indy Heat for about a month. It was fun, but I really wasn't playing the competition that I thought I needed. And I went to Mac Irvin, I played EYBL. And then that's when I really felt that I could play at a high Division One basketball level because I was playing against high blue blood kids that were like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, players like that. And I was averaging like 24 in EYBL, just having fun with it. And that's when I really realized that I could play with these kids too. And uh, and I just that was probably one of the best highlights of my summers. Yeah, it's awesome, especially when you, you know. And I think part of your your journey too was was, you know, I would say maybe somebody along in that journey that you recently mentioned was somebody that didn't necessarily think you could play at the EYBL level, right? Yeah. So you had to make that decision for yourself. And, yeah. And then not only for you to to do that, and then compete at a very high level you know I think that's that's just you uh saying hey it takes what it takes for me to reach my goals and I'm going to put myself in the best position to be successful um and play in front of the right people with the right people to help you reach your goal and I think players can take a lot from that and you and your journey and the and the aspect of you know that we've talked about your process and what you love to do but like having an attitude and a mindset of I have to figure <coughs> out how to reach my goals you know, and not necessarily let any one person tell me you can or can't. Right? Yeah. But just just reaching, just fi you finding a way essentially is what it boils down to. Yeah. Marcus, did you set, are you a goal-oriented person? Do you set goals? Uh, no, nah, not really. I just kind of just tell tell myself what I, what I need to do. And when it's time, then that's when I go to go do it. Can I ask maybe a naive question? But you say you're at the gym all the time. Do you like have a plan before you go, or do you just? Oh uh, yeah, my dad usually writes a plan on okay. his phone, his notes, and workouts that he wants to do, and we just go off go off that. But then after that, we just pretty much freestyle. Okay. So you know you're a part of a pretty prestigious program in a uh, travel basketball program in Indiana. Yeah. But. And you're going, and you're the best player on the court every tournament I went to. Yeah. But they're still not letting you play consistently at that top level. Yeah. And so you leave that program, go to go to EYBL, to yeah. Mac Irvin. Mm. That took an incredible amount of belief in yourself. Yeah, it did. Where did that come from? Uh, it was I. It was hard. I remember the coach from the EYBL team called me. He was like, "Yo, do you want to come down for a practice?" And I was like. Am I really this good to do this? And I talk. I was talking to my dad, and he was like, "You don't have to do it. You don't have to commit to something you want to do." I was like, "I'm gonna give it a try." And I went down and did it. The coaches liked me. They said I could play at this level. But then the next day, I took a took a couple couple breaks to think about what I wanted to do. And I was like, I told my dad, DYBL route was what I wanted to do. But I kind of felt bad because I was on one of the top teams in Indiana. But I mean, it really wasn't nothing I could do because I was a good player playing on the second team and I wasn't playing against the competition that I thought I could be playing at. 
Yeah, and, and that is, um, oh, we're out of time. We'll, we'll come back right after this. Five Star Life offers year-round programs for kids at our 350-acre training facility that we call Summit. These programs focus on three core components. First, each program includes lessons from our curriculum that targets kids' mindset. Secondly, each program teaches a skill like equine, archery, blacksmithing, basketball, fishing, boating, and many more. Thirdly, our programs connect kids to mentors we call coaches who are trained to help kids live a five-star life. Go to fivestarlife.org to learn more or sign up your kids. Welcome back to the Five Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I'm joined in studio with my co-host, Coach Mia, and the Director of Basketball Operations, Coach Bray, is in the house, and our special guest uh, of the day, Marcus Burton Jr. Welcome back. Thank you. Hey, so in the last segment, we were just talking about, um, you know, just to, to, to get to where you want to go in life, you have to make some tough decisions. And you're on a, you know, one of the top teams in Indiana, which, you know, there, there's thousands of kids that wish they could be at that level. So you're already at a high level. But, but then you say, man, I want to be playing against the very best competition. Mm-hmm. Not the second best competition. I want to play against the best. When did you believe in your, in your heart and your mind, like, I can do this? And, and what did it take to step out kind of in faith on, the, on, on that direction? I believe that I can do it was, it was one game in the summer of high school, junior year, going into my senior year. And uh, it was a lot of coaches there, like Michigan, coaches like that. And I remember sitting down with Coach Rhodes, my high school coach. He was like, this is what you've been waiting for. You can play and perform in front of these coaches. And I was like, I kind of was hesitant. I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm a little scared. I'm a little nervous. But he was like, nah, you got it. And I went out in that game, and I ended up scoring 38 points in front of high-level high Division One coaches. Juwan Howard, Tom Izzo, everybody's yeah. on the front row. Yeah, and I remember that day. After that day, I, my phone did not stop buzzing. Like, I was getting calls from all type of coaches. And that day on, I, that's when I realized that if I can put my heart and head to it, I can do anything that I wanted to do. So it was one game, and all of a sudden, all your dreams started to come right yeah, in front of you. One game, and everything started to unfold. It's amazing. So few people are willing to work hard enough to get to that point where things can just turn in a moment. Yeah. Kudos to you for never giving up on yourself. Thank you. And kudos to you also. You know, there, there's great coaches everywhere. But not many players receive the coaching from the coaches. I mean, I've listened to you thank your mom, your dad, Coach Garwood, Coach Rhodes. Like, you're very grateful for the people, and you're a, you're a sponge. You absorb. And ever since I've known you, you've always, every time I talk to you, you look me in the eyes and you listen. Yeah. Bray, that right there is something that every kid, if every kid could just make eye contact and absorb when a coach is talking, it's amazing how much it would benefit them in their life. Do you, do you know you pick up on some of this stuff? Yeah. With, with like teammates, you see other kids, whether yeah. it's travel or school, or whatever. Like they're just kind of like casual about it. Yeah. What what's going through your mind as that's happening? Uh, pretty much. I just kind of just like just leave it. I mean, everyone 
it's different, so you can't really complain how people act. But I mean, I grew up, had to look people in the eyes because my parents told me to. My grandfather used to tell me, always look a man in his eyes because that's how you show respect. And I mean, me getting that, that takes me a long way. I think a common misconception between coaches and their players are they don't always realize that you have their best interest in mind and yeah. that you are literally anything you're saying to them is to help them. And, you know, we've struggled with that with a couple guys and it's just like, you got to buy in, you got to buy in. Right. And, you know, I think just you being at the level you are and having the awareness that that's important. I mean, that, that just, it says so much and, and there's so much that people can learn. Young players can learn you. I don't know if you realize the influence you have on players right mm -hmm. and like when they watch you do something like oh i'm gonna do that like you're you are who when you looked up to whoever you looked up to growing up well that's you now for fourth fifth sixth graders right and them hearing that i think can change their trajectory of where they want to go yeah so i i love people and i'm going to encourage both of you young men here um just be interested in people yeah. And just be good to people because people are amazing. Yeah, yeah. Everybody has a story. Like everybody has a story. Everybody has a past. Everybody has a future and everybody is super talented. And uh, I just love to love to hear the stories of how they, how they think and how they operate. All right. So we've got just a few minutes left, but I want to, I want to wrap it up with this. Um, I want to put kind of the ball back in your court and I want you to think about um, kids that might, grab hold of this podcast what would you what would you say to kids who are you know, let's go middle school level what would you say is like the most important thing they need to focus on in their life right now something i something i tell kids in middle school right now is don't get caught up in the hype because it's not real it's just it's people saying how good somebody else is and you never know you might be one of the best players, you just can't be seen because you're somewhere that is not being seen. And that's, that was one of my issues too. And just trust your work, do everything that you're supposed to, listen to the coaches, do what they tell you to do, work hard, work hard in the classroom and on the court, be polite to people, be nice, because you never know, you might see that person four years from now, or you never know, you might become best friends with that person. So, I mean, just, just, just be thankful, be happy, have fun with it, don't overthink it, and just play. What would you tell kids uh, about choosing their friendships and their <clears throat> environments? What advice do you have for them with that? Uh, I would tell people, tell kids in middle school, choose wisely, because when you get into high school, it's a lot, of, a lot of kids that could distract you from your, your goal. And I learned that, and I'm thankful that I have a nice group of friends that it's always there for me, always at all my games, wanting me to do great things, wanting to come play basketball with me, rebounding, willing to rebound for me, and having my best interest. And you, you, I mean, it's now in this age right now, you, you get a lot, of, a lot of things that kids shouldn't do, but I mean, they do it anyway because other people are doing it. And that's what I feel like a lot of kids mess up at because they feel like if he's doing it, then I should do it. Or, oh, that's cool. I think I want to be cool with them. Nah, just be yourself. And when you be yourself, you can attract a lot of more a lot more people. You don't have to be the cool guy, do all the 
vaping and stuff like that. You just be yourself. Because when you be yourself, then it's like, oh, I want to be like him. I want to be in that friend group, stuff like that. That's what I would tell people now. Where, where did your strength come from to be comfortable with who you were and not get sucked into those things or not be worried about following somebody else that was crazy? Uh, I realized that early because I was always shy. I didn't really, I didn't like talking. I was shy, funny kid, laughed at everything, nice kid, willing to be around anyone. And I realized in middle school, like, if that person don't want to hang out with me, oh, well, I'm I'm be be myself. I'm going to go home, have fun, find people that enjoy enjoy me being around. And I found people like that early, and they're still around me right now. So, I mean, that's what I have right now. Well said. All right. Marcus, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you uh, for having me. I am so proud of you. And your story's not over. It's just begun. Yeah. Excited about the next chapter. Uh, all of us here are, are cheering for you. We'll be watching you. We're excited about the impact you're going to have on the court. I'm really excited about the impact you're going to have off the court because you're yeah. a person of character. And I think you're going to have a, lot, a large influence on the next generation. Mm. And I'm super excited about that. So thank you. Uh, keep up the great work. And thanks for joining us today. I will. Thanks for having me. At Five Star Life, we are changing the face of culture through education and sports by changing the most important piece of a human being's life, their mindset. If you are interested in being a part of our journey, please visit fivestarlife.org for more information on volunteer and donation opportunities.